My scripture this morning is taken from the Gospel of John, chapter 3, verses 1 through 17. If you'd like to follow along in your pew Bible, it is found on page 89. Now there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a leader of the Jews. He came to Jesus by night, and he said to them, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one can do these things that you do apart from the presence of God. Jesus answered him, Very truly I tell you, no one can say the kingdom of God without being born from above. Nicodemus said to him, How can anyone be born after having grown old? Can one enter in a second time into the mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. What is born of the flesh is flesh, and what is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be astonished that I said to you, you must be born from above. The wind blows where it chooses, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered him, Are you a teacher of Israel? And yet you do not understand these things? Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know and testify to what we have seen, yet you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you about earthly things, and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except the one who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal life. Indeed. God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. May God bless the reading of God's holy scripture. Amen. I was telling the 815 service this morning that when I started picking this sermon out, I was in the middle of paper writing, and I, and I take brain breaks. That's what I do, and I like, ooh, let's figure out what I'm going to write for the next three months. And I happened to just take a moment and watch a Star Wars clip. And I, I'm not going to lie, the theme of my sermon, The Dark Side, was influenced by the, the theme song. Dun, 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 dun. And the image of Darth Vader walking into the room with the hood and the dark clothes because you always see him at night. It's on purpose that the gospel writer is talking about the things taking place at night. See, all the way through the book of John, there's this imagery that takes place about night and day. And those that are doing the wrong things always come in at night. It's the bad guy. So it's, it's almost as if the gospel, of writer, uh, the gospel of John writer has his own theme song that he uses for night and day. So here we are. At night... 
two leaders. And notice that the Pharisee calls him a rabbi. That's supposed to be a twist on words, you see. Uh, I didn't say this to the 815 service, but the Pharisees end up becoming what we know as rabbi. So the Pharisee calling him rabbi is kind of a big deal, but I digress. So you have two leaders, and they have this really beautiful conversation, and there's all of this double talk in this ambiguity. So for one, one's a truth seeker, and the other is a truth speaker. Now Nicodemus' first words suggest what many acknowledge, that no one can do these signs that you do apart from the presence of God. Whatever, what follows, however, is a conversation that speaks over and past one another. Jesus uses this word from above, which is anathon, which is a spatial definition in Greek. But as Jesus is using it, Nicodemus is thinking, uh, uh, he's thinking, he's hearing it temporally. You see, in this time frame, there, there's still this conversation as to how does it work? Where's God at in the midst of all of this? Well, Jesus is talking about God in the spatial dimension or the eternal world, where Nicodemus is in the temporal world. So it makes sense then that Jesus, the teacher, says to them, uh, well, this doesn't come from me. It comes from above. But Nicodemus hears it as being physically being born again. I think that we need to give Nicodemus some credit. Even though he's coming in at night and he's asking weird questions, he's asking the questions that we would ask. How do we do that, Jesus? How does one become born again? Do we literally somehow enter back into mom and then be born again? Like that's super weird and creepy. But like the bronze servant, serpent Moses raised up on a pole, so Jesus will be lifted up and became the source of eternal life for all who believe in him. The proclaimer, the listener, and the reader need to struggle with these two possibilities of meaning. It's really hard to translate that word anathon because we don't really know exactly where it comes from or what it's supposed to mean, but we get an idea. So it's really untranslatable, but we, we try to put it together in such a way that gives us a, a clue, but it becomes a stumbling block for Nicodemus and for those Christians today who just want simple answers. Let's, let's just talk for just a second. Supposedly, being a Christian is easy, or the first step is. Right? To be a Christian, you have to acknowledge that Jesus is Christ. Savior. Language like that, right? The churchy language we'd say is, we ask, do you profess that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God and accept Him as your personal Lord and Savior? If you do, say, I do. And the, and the congregation says, I do. Right? Or the person says, I do. But even then, the sentence itself is so complicated and hard to figure out. I mean, that's a lot to chew on. 
But the idea of do you believe in Jesus is where we should start. Just keep it simple. Sometimes we get caught up in all of the perplexities of, and the, the nuances of what it means to be a Christian, when really, at the end of the day, it's just trying to make sense of our daily life. Now, Jesus is challenging Nicodemus, like he's challenging us today, to open up to new possibilities of being born from above. So he makes it complicated. He says, no one can enter the kingdom of heaven or kingdom of God without being born of water and of spirit. I mean, for us today in the 21st century, we kind of get an idea, but... In the first century? What is that supposed to mean? You could hear Nicodemus being frustrated. How am I supposed to do that? For us, we talk about it in baptism. Being born of water is being baptized. Now that's a churchy word. Well, what does baptism mean? And then we have a whole other conversation about what baptism means. Thanks a lot, John, because John gives us a bunch of definitions. But... Then, as if that's not enough, John gives us the conversation about Holy Spirit. Hmm. Maybe, maybe, just maybe, the, the writer's personal plea is to his own community about baptism as the radical reshaping of existence from encountering Jesus. Imagine what that would look like. Jesus is saying, to be born from above, to being born of water and of spirit. The world will look different. You're making it too complicated, Nicodemus. It's almost as if when we're reading this, I feel like Jesus is pointing one finger at Nicodemus and three more at me, right? I, I can just, I can hear it. I, I, I've spent so much time in school that at some time it, I, I go, I, I've thought about this so much that I don't necessarily understand it anymore and I have to put it away and then come back at it with a lens of faith. I also think of this as Jesus having that moment of if he had started out with really long hair, by the time he gets to the end of the Gospel of John, he's going to have as much hair as I do today. Because he's pulling his hair out, he's just going, oh my gosh, seriously, it's not that complicated. Maybe Maybe, I think Frederick Buchner captures, captures it well when Nicodemus gives him the, huh, response. Maybe Nicodemus had, according to Frederick, he says, maybe he had six honorary doctorates and half a column in who's who. And then Jesus said, but if he couldn't see something as plain as the nose on his face, he'd better get back to kindergarten. Simple. Each of us struggle with this idea that it should be complicated. God has already provided everything necessary for our salvation and for our Christian journey. But we need to understand that it's not a, just a, a one and done moment. You don't just say, yes, I believe in Jesus and it's over. Every day is a new day. Every day is a moment where you get to experience that moment of grace with God. 
It's in that moment that God has provided it, but it's our opportunity to experience it, not just once, but again and again and again. It's as if, as the friar Thomas Hopko says, that continuous conversion is a process of continual dying to ourselves, to our opinions, to our power, to our understanding, and as we do so, we are constantly being born from above. Constantly being raised from death into the newness of life that Christ gives to us. We live out this continuous cycle of death and resurrection by the power of the Holy Spirit. And you become instruments of the light in a world that is dark. So while we are reminded of the Darth Vader moments in our life, and we hear the own dun, 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 dun. Sorry, it's just, you can't get that out of your head, right? In those moments where you feel the darkest are the places that God provides the light. And it is simple. It's being born from above. It's coming from water and spirit. And the world has changed forever. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. <laughs>